You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. This show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care. And thank you, Cooper Linton, for being here as always. Started off the, the show shaking your head at Nicole. This is usually a Saturday evening tradition. It, it is actually how I start most Saturday evenings, mm-hmm. is shaking my head in some sort of disbelief. Yes. Yeah, well, it's okay. We love her anyway. She she's, gets caffeinated, and I just start shaking my head. She's the light of the show. She's Nicole bruno with transitions guiding lights good evening nicole good evening yes and i guess we need to share what we were all shaking our heads about now oh please i, I, please I learned a new us. word from my 11 year old son share with the class if you're doing something really cool i mean awesome you are savage savage so, so. you're not eating other human beings and destroying no. things you're you're awesome so we've learned in the past that uh, beast was another term for being you know, very cool. So savage is yeah, over beast. But I started using beast, so beast went away. So then he <laughs> happened to say savage, and so now I'll be using savage. So I'm sure by next week, there'll be a new word. Clock is ticking on savage <laughs> right now. I'm Jason Kong, and we're, we've got another great show planned for you. And Cooper, one of the things that I really like about this show is that it it connects people. And uh, you know, with with this program and with the caregiver summit, for those people in a caregiver situation, uh, you may feel alone or isolated at times. But I feel like this show and uh, just issues of navigating elder care issues, it, it the more we talk about it, the bigger you realize the community is. Well, the community is very large, and it's particularly true in the triangle because we have resources that are not always available elsewhere. Um, but we often get the question. You know, this is my first time caregiving is, you know, is there some sort of book to tell you what to do? Well, no, there's really not a book to tell you what to do. Um, but there are people that can actually help guide you and coach you, and they're specially trained in this. And, when, and today we have Erin Norton. Uh, she is with LifeLinks Care Management and Advocacy. Uh, and Erin is an aging life care professional, which means she is specifically trained in helping aging adults and their caregivers, their family members, their loved ones, navigate what can seem like a rather an ambiguous morass of rules and payment options and places to live and things to bring into the home. And it can become overwhelming. And part of what they do is help bring a little um, calm to the chaos. So we were uh, blessed to have Aaron join us uh, this evening. Hey, good Welcome. evening, Erin. Thank you, and um, I'm very happy to be here. And when I'm going to pick up on Nicole's word and say that LifeLink's um, care management and advocacy is a savage agency. <laughs> so thank you. Welcome to Caregiving and the Urban Dictionary. That's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, – LifeLink's care management actually was created in 1993 by uh, Cheryl Terrio, who recently retired, and the agency was then called Aging Family Services, and we were acquired by a woman out of Tennessee, and we have a new name, which is LifeLinks.care, and we are a team of uh, nine professionals. We're nurses, we're social workers, we are certified care managers, and we are really among the first of these associations, agencies in in the U.S. So what does it mean to be a certified aging 
expert or an aging professional or a life care expert. What does that mean? That, that means that we have um, a certain level of education. Uh, many of us are at a master's level of education. If we don't have a master's degree, we have at minimum a bachelor's degree, and then we're required to have a certain number of uh, years of experience working in the field of aging and also a certain number of um, years of being supervised. And then we sit for an exam and it's a um, care management, case management exam that is proctored and official. And um, then we get to put some letters behind our name. <laughs> the <laughs> alphabet soup ensues. The <laughs> alphabet soup, yes. But, but we are um, the oldest uh, of the agencies in the Triangle area. And we're also, I like to say, we're the oldest, the most, and the best. Oldest, the mostest, and the bestest. Yes. So, um, you know, one of the things that I think people need to consider is the importance of being associated with that association because, um, you know, anybody is, is a social worker by trade. This is a big pet peeve of mine. A lot of people can sit out there and hang a shingle and say that they can help you coordinate your care and support you with your loved one. But the reality of it is they might know a little bit about a lot of things to be dangerous, but they're not in depth in, in a lot of areas. And as a result, are dangerous to you and your loved ones. So I think, you know, the great thing about this type of an organization is if they can't help you here, they can certainly connect you to other organizations with individuals that have that same, uh, basically, uh, education level and ability to pass that exam and, and experience working with older adults to make you have good experience no matter where you are in the country. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that, that's very true. It's Nicole, a big differentiator. Just, a, yes, there is. And there is a um, National Association, and it's called the National Association of L Aging Life Care Professionals. And those of us who are members are, are considered aging life care professionals. And I fully agree with your comment. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, um, I, I guess, say impatient would be the word <laughs> um, with that sort of thing, because I have great respect for someone who did take care of their mom while she went through the aging process mm -hmm. and and fully admire and respect and understand how difficult that is, but also know that that does not qualify yes. you to to be a true expert. And I see that happen a lot. It, it is a, it's industry. a big thing. People get passionate about it and then just want to apply what they did for yeah. one person across the masses, right. which is not necessarily the best idea. No. But speaking of, you know, we're sort of talking around circles here. What exactly do you do? How do you help people in the community? So we come in and we look at, we do what I call a holistic approach to care. We um, assess the needs, and as you just pointed out, there is no cookie-cutter process for this where everybody is an individual, needs are different, situation is different. Area of the country might be different. Some, uh, some states are more generous with their benefits for the elderly than others, so lots of different things. There's no cookie-cutter. But we do assess the needs, and um, then we develop a plan. We call it a care plan, but we work with the family and with the individual, with the client, to decide what their needs are, what best suits them, what is one person's, what is one person's desires, not everybody's desire. Can you give us? Can you give me an example of what a care plan might look like? Sure. We um, 
we look at um, really what their needs are. When I'm meeting with somebody, the first thing I say is, the first thing I say is the, um, what, what's your pain point? What do you feel right now is your greatest need? What would bring you the greatest relief, the greatest peace of mind right now? And, and then work from there. To, and it may be placement. Mom is at home and she's not safe. So we want to um, see what is the best place. Is, is the best new home for her in an assisted living? Or is, does she need something more than assisted living? Is it memory care? So we start there, and then we work from there to what else does she need? Because we know that even if you're 90, you still have the same. You need physical care. You need emotional care. You need social care. You need medical care. So we look at the whole person. We look at it holistically and decide what other things that might be better for the mom or the dad. So you really start at the most critical pain point for, for that client and yes. for that family and then radiate out from that establishing priorities in kind of descending order so that you're yes. having, able to kind of maximize impact for the family yes. and for the patient and the family. Yes. Our guest is Erin Nortonen, and she's an aging life care professional with LifeLinks Care Management and Advocacy. And we will be back in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them online at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. I'm Jason Kong, Cooper Linton over here, Nicole Bruno over there. Our guest this evening is Erin Nortonen. She's an aging life care professional with LifeLinks Care Management and Advocacy. You can find info about them at lifelinks.care. It's my first hearing a dot care, so uh, I'm hoping this is a new trend because that makes things a little bit easier, but that helps them stand out. Uh, Lifelinks.care if you're looking for more information on them. Cooper, um, you know, we, we sort of touched on this a little bit last segment, but, you know, just because you're in a caregiver situation uh, or you've been through that situation doesn't make you an expert. You may have some experience in that field, but uh, really having an expert to navigate you through this is, is such a crucial component. Yeah, I've changed a tire and I've changed a starter. That did not make me a mechanic. Right. And so people have a one-time experience with something, and they try and extrapolate that to the larger body of care. The reality is is extraordinarily complex. Each journey is different, and you need people that are trained in how to navigate the uncertainties of our healthcare system and the uncertainties of certain disease trajectories. Um, and part of that is knowing when to invite help when to ask for help uh, we talk about that with respect to when to call guiding lights uh, when to reach out to ask for help in palliative care or for hospice and in a similar vein when do you reach out and ask for help uh, from an aging life care professional and typically it's people wait too late i think to, mm -hmm. to make those phone calls but that's my opinion there and you, you actually live in this world you know when should somebody reach out and call for 
assistance and, and call an organization and say, I, I need an aging life care expert to help me, and I'm, I'm not even sure what to ask, but where do I get started? When should I call? It, that's I love that question because in, in a perfect world, it would be called planning. You would be having these discussions with your elder loved ones way before you got into a crisis situation. And really the outcome is Preach better. it. <laughs> <laughs> I have an amen corner here. But, but it's called planning. We certainly, the LifeLinks team, is, is always ready and available to help you start planning before you get to those crises. But, but I call it um, the, the three W's. If you, if you have a new diagnosis, for example, or if you're being, you, you have been admitted to the hospital, you know that that discharge date is coming, don't wait until that discharge date is there. Act first and give us a call. So the, the three W questions are, what do we need? Do you know what you need? His probably you don't know what you need because hospitals are very busy places and they have their roles to fill. And I would definitely say, you know, a lot of times there's some sort of a crisis that happens. Somebody falls and breaks something and then suddenly you're thrown into a hospital and then you get all these acronyms. We were laughing about the alphabet soup, all these different types of places and choices you have to make. And it is absolutely bewildering if you haven't lived in that world before. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do we need? Don't know. Uh, where do we start? Don't know. You've got the case manager at the hospital saying you're going to be discharged. Where do we start? Who can we trust? And certainly you want to trust someone, a, a professional, who has years of experience in doing this sort of thing. And that's where we come in. And one of the things about being discharged from the hospital is you're given an option of choosing three different um, options for going to a long-term care facility at what level you don't know uh, which one is best you don't know 50 miles from here oh my goodness what do I do and those are the times that I really wish the um, aging life care professional list was given to you along with that list of long-term care facilities that you might go to so that you could call someone for help so when you get one of those moments as a caregiver that kind of makes your insides quiver a little bit and you go, wait a minute, this seems like one of those decision points and I'm uncomfortable with where I'm going, hmm. reach out. Reach out and ask for help because there are options for how to do that. Now, one of the questions we always ask on this show, because it's often a barrier to people getting care is, how is this paid for? Does Medicare cover this? Does Medicaid cover this? Does Blue Cross cover this? Who's, who's paying for this? And just not knowing sometimes is a barrier. So, Aaron, you get the same question everybody else does. Yeah. Who, who pays yeah, for yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. So lifelinks.care is a uh, private agency, and we do charge a fee. So it may not be for everybody, but if you call the telephone number 919-781-5979, select option three, somebody will call you back and answer that question for you. Somebody will call you back and say to you, um, this is how much it, it costs, and you get to determine whether or not it's something you want to spend 
that much money on. Unfortunately, there is this myth, and I have heard it for so many years, what do you mean Medicare won't pay? Or what do you mean Medicaid won't pay? What do you, what do you mean I'm supposed to spend money for, for that? And I tell families all the time, this is where you stop and you look at your loved one and you say, Mom, remember when I was sick and you took care of me? Well, thank you. Thank you for taking care. And now it's my turn to take care of you. Well, and I'm going to say something that's not always appreciated well, but ignorance is more expensive than expertise. <laughs> so true. And Sometimes ignorance costs a lot of money. It Bad really decisions. is. And, and I don't yeah. mean it in a pejorative sense of the term ignorance, but if you're unaware of what options are available to you, if you're unaware of how things can be paid for, you can find yourself spending a lot of money in one area that wasn't needed because you didn't have somebody guiding you through mm-hmm. this process and helping you be cost-effective in your use of care dollars. One of the things that I frequently hear caregivers who you know enter this world not knowing what's going on is that they make a lot of unnecessary moves for a loved one instead of thinking about so the trajectory of that disease process their loved one has, they look at perhaps the least restrictive level of care, not realizing that in a matter of a month or two, they're going to have to move on and that place can't keep them. So then there's move after move after move, which is expense, but it's also emotional toll and yes. turmoil. And it yes. also is not really the best thing for that older adult. No, it isn't. And that's where the expertise of an aging life care professional comes in because we look at the whole thing. We do look at it holistically and we say, yes, choosing this particular level of care might be the least expensive and the least resistive right now. But we know from our assessment skills, we know that in a month from now, mommy, these are going to wind up back in the hospital or she's going to have to be moved somewhere else. And it does take a toll. And we know how to avoid that. I know another thing that I often talk to families about, and you probably run into this too, you know, and we know there are, and we're, we are resource rich in this area. We all know that. We are that. And there are some beautiful communities like Taj Mahal level, mm-hmm. just granite mm-hmm. countertops and, and yeah. everything. Yeah. And sometimes I think they're marketing more towards that family caregiver than they are to yeah, that older true. adult. And I have conversations right. with families and say, you know, that granite countertop might look great, but you know how? What's the turnover of the yeah. certified nursing assistants? Uh, exactly. You know, what's the educational yeah, level? And right. why don't you look at that? Is it making you more comfortable to place mom here, yeah. or is it her yeah. overall care? And and what I tell families all the time is, it ain't about the curtains. <laughs> it is not about the curtains, and it is about observing the staff and how the staff interact with you. It's about knowing how to investigate what. Um, I call them dings might be in place against that particular facility that with the beautiful countertops, it's not providing the level of care that your mom or dad deserves. And that just comes from years of experience, education, knowledge, and LifeLink's team is absolutely well-equipped and trained to provide that. Aaron Norton, and thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, if people want to find more information, again, that phone number that you gave out, 919-781-5979, and then hit option three, 919-781-5979, option three, to get in touch with LifeLinks Care Management and Advocacy. You can find them online at lifelinks.com. Care. We will be back in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF.
Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. This show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care, Cooper Linton representing Transitions Life Care, Nicole Bruno representing Transitions Guiding Lights. I am Jason Kong and Nicole. Uh, Caregiver Summits, Raleigh registration is closed. I know. It's so scary. It's right around the corner. I know. I feel like we, we just started talking about this. but it's, I don't. It's, <laughs> I know you don't. It takes a lot to put these together. Nicole works very, very hard to make these things happen. She does. She does. She does a great job. And uh, But uh, if you didn't get a chance to sign up for Raleigh, Durham is still open, right? Yes, for it is. For a li- small amount of time. We've got, well, we've got about until about the 15th, but that doesn't mean wait. Right. Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. Um, yeah, the Durham Summit is on June 20th at the Durham Convention Center in Durham. And yeah, we're super excited about that. There are a whole host of different um, sessions that you can attend. For those of you listening who may not be aware, these summits are created with you in mind as family caregivers or people who are thinking they may be in that situation soon. We try to provide a whole host of different um, sessions that really would appeal to what your situation is. So anything from understanding Medicare benefits. You know, a lot of times folks are entered into that world and everything's kind of chugging along and then suddenly something changes and you start getting all kinds of bills and wondering why. So we we have somebody that is coming to talk to you about how to pick the right plan and also uh, a group talking about how not to become a victim of healthcare fraud. That's a huge issue. Uh, Folks all the time are becoming victims of that. If you have a loved one who might have a dementia diagnosis or if they're people in your circle that have Alzheimer's or dementia, we actually have something called a virtual dementia tour, which actually is uh, an exercise that puts you through the paces of what it's like to be an individual with dementia. I'm not going to be a spoiler on this, but it's a pretty moving exercise and it really gives you, I think, a little bit more empathy and understanding of what it might be like to be facing one of those diseases. Um, We also have um, another session that talks about caring families, how to build a team around you. A lot of times we talk about on this show how the care burden usually falls on one. And sometimes that's just the family situation that you're in. But other times you are sort of that superhero caregiver and you're always telling everybody, I've got this, I can handle this. And then when that caregiving journey goes on and on, you start to wear out and break down. So this talks to you about how do you build that circle of care around you. Uh, We also have another session that talks about pain. You know, that's a huge issue, really, regardless of what disease you may have. Uh, Pain tends to be an issue for older adults as, as, as time goes on. And a lot of times people think, oh, they have dementia, so they don't have pain. Well, that's actually not true. They may just be showing their pain in a different way medication safety. Also, um, there's a a class on journaling for caregivers. So as a way to sort of vent your feelings and help you get through some of the things that you're going through as a caregiver and to take care of yourself. Also new this year, we have uh, a whole new health screening. So we know as caregivers, we don't often take care of ourselves. So we actually are bringing some health screenings to this to the event this year, which is going to be absolutely amazing. So you can get to have a little bit of a checkup on yourself to see how you're doing. And we can give you referrals if you potentially have something going on that you might need more help. Also, lots of different resources. We have, gosh, dozens and dozens of exhibitors that represent many of the different resources in our community. And so Really, basically, the entire senior care industry is at your fingertips for that day. Wouldn't you agree, Cooper? So many of the caregivers talk about how meaningful that is. And I I think I originally underestimated how important it was to caregivers to be able to walk into one room, 
and find all the places that they have not had time to go to. They haven't been able to find out about private duty organizations, assisted living organizations, nursing facilities, um, understand about ramps, understand about having bathrooms uh, renovated and their providers of services for all of those things present. And they can actually walk around and in the course of one hour accomplish what it would have taken them days to accomplish had they had to go out and make individual trips. Yeah, Caregivers I, love it. They do. And, you know, funny thing is, is, you know, over the, we've been running these summits for years and years now. And in the beginning, we would notice these caregivers still in the exhibit hall when some of the sessions were going on. And we thought, well, we did over-the-head announcements. We got little triangles and we rang, we rang them. We started walking up and down the aisles and saying sessions are about to start. And then we realized after, I don't know why we were so stupid, but it took us a little this while. This is what meant so much to them. Some of the people are just choosing to speak with the exhibitors versus going to a session because they feel like this potential uh, resource may be what that family member needs. So now well, they're, we- <laughs> They're at a pain point and yes. they're looking for help. Yeah. And somebody, one of the people in that room or multiple folks in that room are often the solution to their sanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're looking for help. They find help and they're not going to walk away from it. You know, and I think one of the other things that the caregivers really come away with is a sense of they are not alone. That's big. You know, when we have our luncheon, which everybody gets to attend together, and you look across that room with hundreds and hundreds of people, everybody there has one common denominator, and it's the fact that they're caring for a loved one. And so I think it's very uplifting for people to realize while caregiving can be very isolating, coming to something like this gives you a sense of you're part of a broader community. Yeah, and and so how do people register? So they can go online at caregiverssummit.org. Very good. Simple as that. Caregiverssummit.org. There's also plenty of information on there about... Uh, All the sessions, everything. Yep. And the June 20th in Durham. And you can look at, there are future dates as well for Orange County and Lillington too. Yeah. And you, uh, Cooper, you hit on a really important point that there's, there's really no other scenario where as a caregiver, you can just walk into a place and there are uh, you know dozens of people there lined up who are just willing to give you information and to help you out it doesn't happen at any other place at any other time of the year and it's part of why it's so critical for people to sign up now is that this comes to raleigh once a year it'll come to durham once a year it comes to chapel hill once a year and if you miss it it's a year before this comes back and Mm -hmm. you know the question is why don't we run it more frequently The, the the intensity of what it takes to put this event on to organize hundreds of people, the multiple vendors, the multiple venues. Um, you this think is, I'm thin now? That's <laughs> <laughs> I might disappear. <laughs> just vanish. <laughs> Nicole would just be a figment of our imagination. Yes, right. That would not be savage. <laughs> so we have, it's very difficult to put these on, but it's so worthwhile. And so we put these on for an annual event in each of these major towns. And then again in October, uh, we do it in Bowie's Creek um, to give Southern Wake County and uh, Harnett County access as well as Johnson County access to this, so it's it's really important that folks take advantage of it now. And it's, you know, folks are like, well, I don't know if I need it yet. If you're even questioning whether or not you need it, you need it. Uh, no one has ever said I had a plan too early. I was orchestrating care too early. Yeah, I had resources in place too yeah. early. Yep. Get a plan, and these folks that are at this event can help you get a plan together. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that if you if you registered at caregiversummit.org and uh, made a list of questions that you've had or experiences that you've right. been dealing with or struggling with, you're going to find someone there who can help you and assist you. and Or multiple you know. someone. And there's exactly. no doubt, you know, the website is extremely robust, so you can even see in advance who the exhibitors are at that actual summit. So you can start, you know, thinking and coming up with a plan, I want to visit this one and that mm-hmm. one and do this and that and the other thing. And I can tell you, we do evaluations and... Um, hands down i mean i don't think cooper has it ever been anything below like 98 percent satisfaction people, people love the event it's why they come back I mean, it's it, why we have such yeah. a high number of people who return year after year and i think we had misunderstood how many folks were looking for long-term access we thought they would come once but what we know is that, you know we run into caregivers at these events who've come in for their fifth or sixth year in a row and it tells you that they're getting a lot of value from that experience. And they're and they're really smart about it too. Sometimes they'll bring a team of family members with them and because they up. want to hit every single session and they, they get paralyzed. Make sure everybody's with, in something. Yes, yes. Yep. And and then they all share the information at the end. So it's it's an absolutely wonderful event. I, I mean, I know I'm biased because I'm part of putting this on, but truly, I mean, it, it really makes a huge difference and you know yeah, you know, sometimes people complain the the room's too hot or too cold. But aside from that, we don't really get anything. Well, and <laughs> maybe a little more meat on right the now salad. Is too hot or too cold. <laughs> yeah. The one I'll be in tonight is too hot or too cold. Yeah. But the the need for caregiving, caregiver support and resources doesn't go away. It's a growing issue, and there's, this is a great once a year opportunity to take advantage of something that is incredibly high impact at extremely low cost. Yes, head over to caregiversummit.org to sign up and register for the uh, the Durham session. Time is running out, so please do that. If, if you have even a remote need or if you know someone who would benefit from this, let them know. Caregiversummit.org is the website to go to register. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of the return visits as well, you know, we talk about the bonding experience and having that support network and seeing other people going through that experience. It's, it's as valuable as the information that you can gather. Quick break and back, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, founded as Hospice of Wake County. You can find them online at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. I'm Jason Kong, Cooper Linton, Nicole Bruno alongside me. And guys, we, you know, I've always mentioned Transitions Life Care, and, you know, I've, I've, I've seen more television ads recently uh, for that service, but, uh, you know, we tend to mention it on the air, but I'm sure that there's some people listening who have no idea what Transitions Life Care is. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. We often get on the show and we talk about everything in the world except what Transitions Life Care does. Um, this is not a commercial for Transitions No, it's really not a commercial for, for everybody trans- else. It is part of our outreach and in, in, in community education and trying to reach caregivers to help them find care. Um, but part of the care that they can reach is what are the services uh, that have been available through Transitions Life Care for many, many years. Originally, we were founded as hospice of wake county and what we did really was hospice in wake county Uh, then a few years ago that began to shift and we began to provide not just hospice but palliative care which is a uh, a physician practice a subspecialty of internal medicine and what we've seen is that program has blossomed because people do not have to be terminally ill 
to participate in our palliative care physician program. Uh, they're able to, and we call that transitions palliative care, they're able to access those services while they continue to get curative treatment, while they're still in home health if, they, if they're in home health and doesn't interrupt any of their other programs. Uh, and seven years ago, we built the inpatient facility out there on Trinity Road. It's one mile west of the PNC Arena. And folks often think that that's where all the care happens. In reality, very little of our care happens on that location. Almost all of it happens out in our communities. The number one thing people tell us is we want to be taken care of at home. We want to be around people we love, doing things we enjoy. And so we have a care that radiates, if you will, from that location. Our staff drive out from that location and from other locations. We have an office in Johnson County. We have one in Harnett County, one in Durham County, one in Franklin County. And I know I'm missing somebody, but um, <laughs> you'll hear about it. We'll Don't hear worry. about yeah, it. I'll yeah. hear about it. You left me out. So we have uh, branch offices that people, nurses work from, that puts them closer to uh, the communities that they serve. And we provide hospice care from those offices. Um, it's just a, it's just an organization that has become far more broad in what it can offer. We have a Medicare certified home health agency, uh, crazily named Transitions Home Health. Yeah, we we went out on the limb with that. <laughs> yeah, name. you did. Transitions Hospice, Transitions Palliative Care, Transitions Home Health. Who knows? Um, we laugh and say it's Transitions uh, Auto Body Mechanics and <laughs> Crochet Instruction. So, but we did want to have one brand where people could call us, knowing that they could get access to nonprofit uh, health care. Uh, regardless of their ability to pay. And we are really blessed that we continue to win awards for the quality of care, exceptional um, rates of satisfaction of our clients. It's just uh, impressive to see how our community has responded to the broadening services that we have. And one of the areas that's growing is our inpatient hospice facility located on Trinity Road, uh, as always, had a, been a 20-bed facility. Mm-hmm. We had 14 inpatient beds, six residential beds. Um, the definition of that is something that's a whole other show. Yeah, um, <laughs> or two. It, or two show. <laughs> Anytime you get into Medicare regulations, you, you need a lot of time and a lot of patience. But we're adding 10 inpatient-level beds to that facility. We're in construction on that right now. Uh, donors were incredibly generous and allowed us to build that facility. It's built 100% from donor dollars, and we expect to be open in the early fall. Well, Cooper's eating a bit of humble pie there, so uh, I'm going to toot his horn. He's overseeing that project. On top of all of the other things that he does, he's sort of been the mastermind and taskmaster of that, so it's pretty impressive. It has sure. been one of my highest privileges to, to yeah. design or to work with the designers and the construction folks on the creation of that facility. It's a uh, blessing to be able to work with it and to be able to put that into use in this community. Uh, It's the only inpatient hospice facility in Wake County, and yet we serve patients there every year from all the surrounding counties. You know, we don't limit the access just to folks from Wake County. It just happens you got to build it in one place. And you can be there regardless of ability to pay. Doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, right. Money is... You know, we were founded in 1979 on the concept that no one would ever be turned away because of an inability to pay. And that tenant has been a common theme. Uh, it's been baked into the DNA of our organization. 
whether it's palliative care or whether it's home health or whether it's hospice or the inpatient facility or grief services, people get access to care because they need it and they want it. They're not limited because they don't have insurance or they don't have money. Uh, it is a mission-driven thing, and our donors in this community have supported that over the years. Uh, there are ways that people can support us in that, and one of them is that we have – You have a shindig coming up. We have a shindig coming up. <laughs> uh, it is on June 10th at the Northridge Country Club. It is uh, hosted by North State Bank. It's called the Summer Salute. Very colorful, festive event, and people have a great time. It's kind of got a beach theme. Uh, the featured band this year, the Embers with Craig Woodlard, and what the money that's raised from this event uh, supports the Indigent Patient Fund, and that way we can continue to be an organization where no one is ever turned away because of an inability to pay. And if you want to know more about a great way to have fun that evening and support a good cause, go to SummerSalute.com dot com summer salute dot com cooper isn't it true that the um the volunteer numbers for transitions life care almost exceed the number of employees that's absolutely true they're almost on par we it's have one-to-one ratio it is really a one-to-one ratio between volunteers and paid staff and you know for years it was all volunteers and some people still think it is all volunteer staff but uh, we have paid folks. We have about 25 physicians and nurse practitioners that are full-time with us just because we have a lot of patients. We need to provide the care. You know, I think we have a very giving community, and a lot of people listening may be wanting to participate and give of their time. What types of things do volunteers do for Transitions Life Care, and, and do you need more? We always need more volunteers. It's a, it's a great question, Nicole, and I appreciate you asking that. People can give gifts of their time, everything from – uh, bringing in therapy dogs, working with patients. Uh, they are they're people that sit vigil with patients. There are roles for people to call and check on families. There crochet are crochet blankets I've seen. <laughs> there are blankets that no are crocheted, <laughs> fidget aprons for dementia care. Uh, there are folks that work at the front desk in our hospice home. There are folks that help with events. There are people Stuffing that envelopes help even. stuff envelopes <laughs> and do administrative support. The odds are that if you have a gift of time, we have a way to put it to work. And so you can uh, apply online with us at transitionslifecare.org, or you can call our main number at 919-828-0890 and actually ask for the volunteer department mm-hmm. and say, hey, I have some questions. I want to know if this is a fit for me. And, and people say, well, I don't know how to do it. Don't worry. We'll train you. Oh, yeah. Have no fear. You we'll are, train you. There's actually a formalized training there process. There will be no idle hands. There will be no <laughs> idle hands. But we will teach people how to do this kind of work. What we need is is the, the heart and hands of passion, and we can help people uh, really understand how to access turn that passion into into hands-on work it could be very very fulfilling i mean we have people that come in and volunteer and play the piano in the hospice home Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a couple gentlemen that come in and do that we have a lady that comes in and plays the harp i mean it's an incredible diversity of things that people are able to do to support the community and support transitions life care as it supports the community so i appreciate you asking Mm -hmm. that uh, and, you know, for those who may need to use the services of Transitions Life Care, um, you know, I'll do a throwback question here. When when should people reach out to you and, and how should they do that? Sooner than they think is the question, mm-hmm. Jason. We've The number one thing we hear from families is we wish we had done this sooner. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize what an impact this would make. And so that means people just have to take the leap 
and make a phone call sooner. They can go to transitionslifecare.org. They can call us. They can have a conversation with their physician and just open that dialogue. Sometimes physicians are uncomfortable starting the conversation. Don't be uncomfortable yourself. Start the conversation now. And it doesn't mean you're giving up on your family member or no, yourself. You're finding I mean, a different way to support them. Yes, That's right. providing more arms of care around them. Yep. So if you need to find more information, transitionslifecare.org is the website. Uh, you can listen to us every Saturday night at 7. That could also help you out. Uh, and uh, if, if you're in a caregiver situation and you're interested at all in the Caregiver Summit, you need to head over to caregiversummit.org and register for the Durham event. Uh, it's we're, we're running out of time to register for that. So get on it if, if you will benefit from that at all. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you. We will see you next week on New News Radio 680 WPTF.